What's up, everyone? Welcome back. Uh, today, I have a round table of Matt, Grant, and Eric. What is up, guys? Hey, why'd you say my name last? Hey, um, you're the most, the, the, I don't you're know. The most <laughs> Eric, we got, we're going to say it. We got the DNA test back. There's some, a lot of unaccounted for DNA in there. But there's at least a 2% Jewish in there. Eric Morang's introduces the ecosystem at a, at a, a crucial moment, and he has done nothing but cause irreparable damage. Then. That is <laughs> slander, but also correct in a way. <laughs> All right, so this is the this is the first podcast of 2021. So we really gotta start things off hot. So. How's everyone's year going so far? Has everyone given up on the resolutions yet? Yeah, we did it. Yeah, we give up if we didn't make any. I like yeah, thought like, about. I like my resolutions are just very general. I would like to have a better job at New Year's next year than I do now. I would like to be healthier, not healthy, but healthier <laughs> than I am right now. And you know, stuff like that. What about you? Got you pressure on yourself. You feeling <laughs> diet or exercise? What do you prefer? A little bit of both, honestly. Like, yeah. just purely in terms of like my heart, like stuff like that just makes me worry as I get older. Because like I was never worried about my heart before, <laughs> but now you know, uh, maybe you feel a little tingle in there every now and then. You're like, oh boy, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you're truly getting old when you start to actually worry about things like your cholesterol or your heart. Because mm -hmm. like all of us, we're all in our. Uh, sort of late 20s now we're looking straight down the, the two-finger yeah. barrel I'm of an annual yeah. exam <laughs> oh yeah it's coming wait two fingers i mean it depends on night your doctor is <laughs> yes. if you're on, if you're on medicaid they only use their pinky yes do you ask you how many fingers that you would like i mean i don't think <laughs> i'm pretty sure they just do one uh, so i want i want two i want two doctor i need two <laughs> I'm actually two different doctors who put both of their index fingers in my ass. <laughs> I want a second opinion. Get the nurse in here too, might as well. <laughs> Treat me like a tiny finger trap from hell. <laughs> Just see if anybody else in the waiting room wants to join in. Yeah, 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 you know. Everybody deserves a shot. <laughs> Bring me over to the med school, let the uh, med students train on me. that this one medical procedure is still only like how do we tell if we have lung cancer oh we'll do some x-rays we'll uh we'll listen to your lungs check for uh, some uh bio samples like how do i how do i know if i have prostate cancer so, yeah let me stick my finger in your ass <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you. i guess i mean there's other ways that you can tell for sure but mm -hmm. it's just the easiest screening right? yeah. test i mean those, those x-rays are expensive too right? yeah I, I can't imagine getting the finger up the ass is cheap though no, no, I imagine your insurance is getting billed pretty heavily for that. That's one glove and one tablespoon of Vaseline. That's all you need. <laughs> if we want to process. touch on that really quickly, that's something I find really annoying. Is that and I mean, you I guys? Yeah, you guys were complaining the other day about like vet bills and how expensive it is, but people have no idea. Like people are like, my doctor isn't nearly this expensive. Like you charge at the S, but if you actually saw what your doctor is paying, it's probably like. 10 times what you would pay at the vet or I like imagine. even more all the, all the equipment has to be like super specialized yeah 
Yeah, it's just mm -hmm. the fact that you actually have insurance for yourself. Mm -hmm. Like they can't, they can't use the testicle slicers that they use on people because they don't fit the dogs. So they gotta <laughs> yeah. put their own testicle slicer. A deli meat slicer? Don't you know that's where uh, Gabagool comes from? <laughs> 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 all the dogs in Italy, and they just just go <laughs> and they slice them off the little thin plate. There are a lot of stray dogs in Italy. I'm glad the um, problems starting to lower now. Yeah, there's a lot of stray dogs everywhere in like the old world. Even if you get like to other parts, like uh, like the southern U.S. or like or like the West Coast, there's a lot more mm -hmm. stray dogs. Oh yeah. Apparently, the country with the largest population of stray cats is Russia. And I saw the comments on Reddit for this, and they were like, yeah, I'm Russian, and uh, when I bought my house, it was empty, and then when I moved in, there was a cat there. <laughs> <laughs> and we just, we let him stay. Honestly, not the worst thing you could have happened, depending on no. the cat. No, apparently it's like a, it's a big cultural thing in Eastern Europe, and I'm sure Roman can attest to this. People just, like obviously big farming communities really appreciated the existence of cats, but now they just let them kind of hang out. I mean, if Roman is any indication, they love cats, and they are not fond of dogs. No, no, Roman <laughs> despises dogs. The only person I've ever met who actually does not like dogs. Like, not just, like, doesn't, like, like them, but, like, ambivalent about them. No, he just straight up, like, that's a, that's a, that's a, a, a bang monster. <laughs> so loud. Yeah. I remember we were fishing one time, and we just heard, like, a distant bark of, like, a dog fast approaching. I never saw Roman move so fast. Like, I swear, like, he probably moved slower running away from an alligator than he ran through the water across the stream towards his car when he heard this dog coming. Oh Turns out to be, like, a ten, yeah. like a five-pound chihuahua. Yeah, it was. It was actually a small dog when we saw it. Hey, man, um, you know, everything you're fine with dogs until the moment you meet the wrong dog. Mm -hmm. That's true. When I, back when I lived in my parents' old house, our uh, neighbor was this fucking... Uh, ex-marine turned like conservative teacher who had like 15 dogs in his backyard and I could I literally a couple times I heard him like sick them on like just small animals in his backyard like squirrels and stuff and they were ripping the shreds and I, I can't remember who was with me I think it was Sid Normal we were coming back from volleyball <laughs> intramural volleyball at Scott Point Salmon High School and I was about to get out of like the back seat of like a SUV and this giant German Shepherd that my neighbor had that cut out was just there just snarling and barking at me and I literally jumped back in the car. I'd never, I'd never been scared of a dog before, but once it's there, you just see it. It really is just like a muscle monster with fangs. Man, dogs are scary when they, when they like actually look like they want to kill you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and you can't outrun them. Wolf. No. No, man. Alligator? I can't outrun Shepherds are pretty nasty. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Well, they... But every football I've ever met has been lovely. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, that's like, they're like the perfect thing for like that meme, like the, the actual villain versus like the movie villain or whatever, right, yeah. where like, they're just like the fake villain. Mm -hmm. I've met way more mean retrievers than mean uh, pit bulls. Every pit bull I've met is in the sweetest pie. Every chihuahua. Don't even get me started on those chihuahuas. Oh, no, these are human garbage. <laughs> you know, the chihuahuas, the reason the chihuahuas exist is because the Aztecs bred them for food. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's like a guinea pig system where they would keep them as small as possible and then they would fatten them up and then they'd kill them and cook them. <laughs> mm. They're never nice. Wow. I don't know why they're never nice. They're fucking dogs. Because they crazy. remember. They remember. <laughs> <laughs> they know what we did to them. Yeah, so I was uh I was 
saw a video recently that like really kind of hit me hard. Uh, so apparently there's uh, these, uh, there's like a big feral boar problem in Texas where oh. boars are just, they're going around, they're tearing up people's farms. Oh, yeah. um, they're destroying people's stuff. And to deal with it, that um, they've invented a business model where people get to go up in helicopters and literally take machine guns and just like rain hellfire upon the, these like little packs of boars and it's like it say, say what you want about it, texas but they know exactly it's so like internally conflicting because like they are an invasive species that's mm -hmm. done like a ton of damage there but the the act of shooting anything from a helicopter, I think, just brings up like images of war, mm -hmm. like we are conducting war on pigs, and I, I think like that's kind of what you, you might as well start playing Wagner at that point. Yeah. So Vice President um, uh, yeah, Ruffalo yeah, shot, shot a couple of moose from fucking helicopters. Who did? Sarah Palin. This is one of the controversies <laughs> of uh, when her and John McCain were running. That she shot moose from a helicopter in Alaska. But uh, no one has a problem if you shoot moose from the ground. But if you shoot them from the helicopter, that it's just overkill. No, they just had a problem with a woman being in office in 2008. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah. yeah, that was the reason. And, and maybe in 2016. Later, right, for it to finally happen, I wonder why. <clears throat> So <laughs> we can go, that's, a, that, that's a lot to unpack her. <laughs> no, 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 that's no. a whole other subject right there. That's a subject that I don't even understand. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of reasons people might have wanted Kamala Harris in 2020 over Sarah Palin in 2008 <laughs> or 2012. 2010. I mean, Sarah Palin was just also plain bad. Yeah. That's also another, a whole other rabbit hole. <laughs> but yeah, honestly... I, I'm environmental reasons aside, I kinda, I'm kind of interested. <laughs> I, if, if, if someone, I won't go out of my way to buy it myself. If someone came up to me and like my a Texas friend, you know, uh, Houston Harry, and he's like, Matt, I bought you the best birthday present. <laughs> and he, he gave me tickets to shoot hogs from a helicopter. I would not say no. I mean, it's yeah, that's the most say, effective way of that either. Them. I don't know if I could take a life. I think we're like when you when you say hogs, you're thinking of pigs. These are not pigs. These things look like puma. prehistoric mega. Uh, I thought they were pretty like cute. These four hundred pounds. They've got giant tusks growing out of their face. They breathe like twenty times a year. <laughs> I still thought they were pretty cute. Everything around them. Yeah, these are truly invasive species who so are doing terrible things to dogs. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a reason they're doing this. This mm -hmm. is not. Strictly for the fun. The fun you is just crazy. an added bonus. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's crazy? I think I I remember reading that pigs, for some reason, unlike you know like horses or cows, uh, when they become released to the wild and they develop feral populations, where other species might take like a hundred years or so, a couple hundred years to like naturalize back to a feral environment. Apparently, pigs do it in like two generations. It's super fast, and then wow. you go from just like a regular pink pig to a fur-covered beast in like two or three generations. Where they just revert almost immediately back to a pre a pre domestication state. 
That's amazing. It's true. They really are pretty good at that. Even cats are another example of that. And cats, I've heard, they don't even need like a generation. Like no, literally, no, like, like if you just release a house cat outside, it will just revert back to its feral ways and just oh, yeah. survive yeah. outside most of the time. Mm -hmm. I think with pigs, especially since like pigs are one of the most intelligent animals that we know. Like we know they're smarter than dogs, and like they, they have a, a means of like basic, you know. I don't know, not consciousness, but like interiorization and like memorization that a lot of other mammals just don't have. And I think that's why we, we're it's okay to shoot them from helicopters because we're <laughs> jealous and we're threatened as human beings that we see another species doing so well, destroying the world around them. And they're like, hey, that's our job. <laughs> well, that like that brings up the question, like humans are the most invasive species on the yeah. planet. And, you know, no, I, I, I can't imagine people uh, taking kindly to, um, you know, if if in Vermont it was legal to just hunt out of staters and um, bring bring their feet in <laughs> to a uh, redemption center, because like in um in so uh, one other uh, another example is uh there's a little uh, rodent called the nutria in yeah, like, yeah, the swamps of Louisiana yeah. that are just chewing up all the swamps and like destroying the wetlands, and so. The rednecks hunt them, and and you can cut off their tails, and the government will reimburse you. So I'm just I, I'm I'm imagining a scenario of a Vermonter uh, chasing me down and killing me and cutting off my foot and bringing it back to a redemption <laughs> center for a bottle of maple syrup. <laughs> have you guys? Uh, I think they do that in Pennsylvania every year. <laughs> have you guys seen uh, the Asian carp? What's that? Carp? The Asian carp. I think so. The koi fish. Mm -hmm. No, no. This might be like the stupidest animal I've ever seen. When mm -hmm. they get scared, their defense mechanism is to launch themselves like six feet out of the water, and they get up to like eighty pounds. Oh my god! So if you're going by on a boat, all of a sudden the carp just start coming up, and if like you smack into a carp at 80 like pounds yeah <laughs> like that could that is going to kill people and again like they destroy the natural habitat and what mm -hmm. i don't fully understand is like why is it that all these like native species just get annihilated so quickly like yeah, i understand like the other species don't have the predators but like they're just not ready for it and especially with like fish species that are like carp they're like bottom feeders so they're they they're pretty much filtering everything out of the ground okay. and off the grass. So if any of your fish, like where they live, the fish there already know about this. So they usually, you know, they'll lay their eggs in different places, like on the surface or mm. like slightly shallower waters. But if it's an area where these fish don't have this, they're all, they might be laying all their eggs on the bottom and then the carp's just like numb. That's yeah. mine now. Interesting. <laughs> the fish lose that... out on thousands and thousands of babies. Yeah, no, it is amazing how like totally mm -hmm. fragile these ecosystems are to the the introduction of just one mm -hmm. animal. Um, yeah, there's a, I forget, there was a, someone who was, I think it was in Sweden or something, they tried to make a, recreate an artificial, like, reservoir with uh, different fish species, and they kept, like, they added an entire, like, sub uh, ecosystem of, like, crayfish and, you know, like lower level invertebrates, and then they added the, the smaller fish on top of it, and then the medium sized fish. And they had a solid population, but they realized the fish at the bottom were getting too big. So they released one northern pike, which, if you know, a northern pike is it's basically a freshwater barracuda. 
Wow. And they came back a year, like, a few months later, and the Northern Pike was the only fish left in there. <laughs> it killed everything. Wow. It's a, so it was like, uh, I'm a fisherman. I don't know if I've shared that on the podcast before. I I love the sport. It's perhaps not ethical in like the traditional, you know, vegan way of doing no harm to animals. But uh, my thinking is, when I look at a fish, I see a dirty little cannibal monster with no soul <laughs> that will literally eat its own children. <laughs> so I don't really uh, have that many qualms about shoving a big piece of metal through its mouth and then being like, "Ooh, pretty," and throwing it back. <laughs> So in that same sense, I could probably apply the same thing to shooting feral hogs with an AR-15 from a helicopter. All right, so we've, we've got Matt's answer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, if, they're a if they're an invasive species, I really have no qualms about it. Mm -hmm. Do whatever you got to do to take those things out. I mean, it's not like we're... But Grant, what if, like, pandas were an invasive species? <laughs> <laughs> what if you just saw a panda bear going through your your, your trash and Mariana was like, Grant, it's the law. And you're like, all right. And you get your pistol, <laughs> go in the backyard, and you have to look at it in sweet little eyes and say, sorry, it's buddy. Funny that, funny that, like, apex predators and things that are at the top of the line are never really invasive species, but I guess yeah. it makes sense well, the, they're uh, usually the fewest in the ecosystem. Yeah, well, the, the Burmese uh, python is a big problem. In oh, South yeah, Florida. Oh yeah, that is true. The pythons so they are, in uh, Florida. Yeah, they are. I think it's, it's wrecking the case with like mammals and stuff. Like, I think if you introduce like the grizzly bear to New Jersey, I don't think it would take very long for it to be hunted out and destroyed. <laughs> but like, <laughs> when you get to especially reptiles, like stuff like snakes, these are two perfect animals. Like, I mean, even going along the fish again, the snakeheads. I don't know yeah, exactly yeah. what they eat, but those but things are everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's always those opportunistic uh, predators that will eat, can eat anything and eat like rarely that'll really get you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and pigs fall perfectly into that. They literally will, yeah. will and can eat like just about anything, um, including their own children. <laughs> another one is uh, fire ants in Hawaii. Like that, I mean, they'll eat, they'll eat anything and everything. They'll, they'll kill just for fun, <laughs> not, not for fun for. Because their sole mission is to eradicate everything else around them in order to establish their own colony. Um, yeah. It doesn't help that, like, these invasive species are just kind of nasty creatures. As, uh, mm -hmm. Oh, you want to talk about a nasty invasive species? This one, I had no idea this was an invasive species until I was just looking them up right now. Mm -hmm. The stink bug is a terrible creature. That yeah. is an invasive species, I yes. I have no idea. Wow. It's called the the technical like full name is the brown marmorated stink bug, mm -hmm. and they came over from China in oh, the late course. 1990s, <laughs> where they were first noted in Pennsylvania, and they've just exploded since then. What's it with Pennsylvania and invasive Asian <laughs> bugs? Because <laughs> all those dumb like country Pennsylvanians just bringing stuff in from everywhere else around the world. Man, but I wouldn't think they would be importing that much stuff in Pennsylvania. Right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think it's the Tiger King uh, fallacy <laughs> where you just uh, at a certain point you're just like, you know what? I should be able to own a king cobra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? Well, that, that, that's where all the Burmese pythons came from. Uh, yeah, people just bought them and they yeah. were like, eh, I don't want them anymore. <laughs> and they just let me go. Yes, you should. No, <laughs> not much of a problem in New Jersey where. 
they'll just die when it gets cold in the winter. But when you're releasing mm-hmm. them into like literally the perfect reptile environment mm-hmm. in Florida, lots of little so, uh, pocket like purse dogs to eat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I can't remember when it was. It was I think it was 2015 or something in Pennsylvania. There was that one guy who had the private zoo of like a bunch of tigers and bears and lions, and he decided to. I don't know why he decided to end his own life, but before he did, he just opened the cages to every single one of his animals, and then oh he <laughs> and they literally—I I can't remember if it was Pennsylvania or maybe Ohio—where it was literally just a whole day of people being like, uh, "Warning, <laughs> jaguars in your area, stay inside." Damn. Did they not like consume him first after he left them out and he killed himself? No, I believe he like he just left the cages unlocked basically. So it took them a while to like actually open it. But by the time they found like his body, they found him being eaten by several of his animals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's surprising. Wow. I read a that's uh... a little different than a, a wild hog. Like I don't know, if, uh, <laughs> I don't know how long a, uh, an African lion is going to survive in the Adirondacks. <laughs> I wonder how like an African elephant would do. Yeah. You just re- released that in the middle of New Jersey. Right? Just, <laughs> just let it just let it do its thing in like the pine yeah. barrens. No, you just give it a, like a little tag that said it's protected by the state. <laughs> yeah. you, can't, you can't cut it off in traffic. You just have to wait behind it. <laughs> yeah. Um I don't know the the balance of how we like look at nature is so weird. Like some animals, we pay people to kill. Some animals, it's completely illegal to kill, and mm-hmm. some animals we breed just so that they can be killed, and mm-hmm. we can eat them. And then other animals we breed just so that we can look at how cute they are. Yeah. Humans are humans are weird. <laughs> yeah, we're very weird. Yeah. We, there's so many different ways that we like to play God. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, I don't know. I, I, like, struggle to get over the ethical quandary of humans deciding, like, which species are invasive and which species aren't. Because mm. humans are... Well, it's not really a decision, I would say. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just true. There, there is, it's very black and white that, like, mm. this species is invasive. It was taken from its natural mm. environment and mm. put into an environment where it is not naturally occurring yeah but humans do that all the time we are an invasive species but so are they a hundred percent i think the best example would be the 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 classic the common brown rat which started off i believe in central asia and then over time spread itself over the entire surface of the earth (laughs) and is now just an accepted species in basically every country you will see this brown rat and whatever ecological damage it's doing is already done and it's just kind of existing now in a state of, I don't know, stability, where it's just... It is, pretty, it is pretty amazing that, like, the brown rat is just such a successful animal. Like, right? in, like it's got to be up there with, like, humans, I guess, in terms of its ability to just adapt and live anywhere at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they can reproduce at such a rapid rate, I think, is probably the number one. <laughs> Yeah, Eric, if you could introduce one invasive species to New Jersey, what would it be? Capybaras. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good answer. That's all I want. Right? I mean, what's the point? 
that would be fun. great. I, I would love if you could just be like walking down the street with your capybara on a leash. Yeah. My brother was looking into that for a little while. He's like, you can't own them as pets, I believe. <laughs> I mean, I think they would make good pets. They're pretty social. They're friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. They'd probably chew through everything. Yeah, you know, you got that rodent syndrome. <laughs> Fall asleep when you, you sit on your leg wrong on the couch and you put it down <laughs> and you sleep. You look down, the happy bear is already chewed through your femur. <laughs> Vicious animal that capybara. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's such a weird issue to deal with too, because like the idea of saving nature by killing other parts of nature mm-hmm. is like such it, that that's like a, such a difficult yeah but like, uh, like contradiction to get over. Kind of. I think that we should look at humans like rats where we probably shouldn't have spread over the entire surface of the earth. It's a little too late now. And now we just have to, like, like any other species, we need to we need to take a little bit and we need to give back a little bit. And humans definitely need to give a lot more than they take. But I think it's possible. Well, as, as a rat scientist, I... As a rat scientist, yeah. I definitely agree with the fact that humans are just big rats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're all just kind of pushed through this world by different cues and reinforcers and mm-hmm. you know we have maybe and some, some of us are lucky enough to get into the drug trial yeah. and some of us <laughs> just get cancer infected into us <laughs> yeah that's it's crazy um i don't know I, i'd also I, I would really like to see a tv show where eric becomes a, a python hunter in the everglades oh my god i couldn't do it you couldn't do it? <laughs> uh, for all the audience at home, Eric hates, hates snakes. One animal I could kill? Snakes. God, they do fucking nothing for anybody. They're <laughs> the final part of the ecosystem. They, they killed the capybara. It's a fucking no-no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how are you going to keep the capybara population in yeah. uh, Conjugal visits once every year. Excuse me? Conjugal <laughs> visits. Wouldn't that make more capybaras? How are you killing them with a conjugal visit? Well, some of die of old age, and then the ones that don't die breed into new ones. It won't be a big deal. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Damn. All right. We we I think I think Eric just solved invasive species. Yeah. Wow. Conjugal all, visits. That's it. <laughs> Basically, all human solutions to environmental problems range from do we treat animals like they're in a supermax prison or do we treat them like they're in Auschwitz? <laughs> there, there is no in-between or other side of it. We Humans just kind of almost always act as if we're just like the complete and old total diminutive rulers over the animal kingdom. Yeah, we do. That's, I don't know, that's maybe not a good thought to have. No. Definitely. <laughs> it's so I mean, hard to, though. It's not like these re- natural resources aren't renewable. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. Like, we are, we are all just kind of so used to our lifestyle and having food constantly available mm-hmm. and having pizza with sausage and pepperoni and uh, ham mm-hmm. and bacon delivered within 20 minutes or you get your money back. Oh, you like the pizzas with the extra meat on it, I see. Okay. 
I mean, I mean, a lot of people do. Um, <laughs> I've seen those horns. I'm not saying that's that's my 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 preferred pie, but it was an example. You don't get any pizza. Yeah, that's actually what happens. That's how the real life works. No money, no pizza. I don't know. What if like every human just had to like live like a wild animal for a week? I feel like that would put a lot of things for us in perspective. I also yeah. think it would kill Basically, a lot of everybody people. Everybody had to do an episode of Naked and Afraid. <laughs> <Yeah>. Basically. <laughs> you gotta get naked and you, ha you have to be afraid. <laughs> it's just part of being an animal. That's the experience. Yep. Yeah. But like, I don't know if like you can really have like the level of appreciation for food and water and shelter that like we should have unless you have lived without it mm -hmm. so comes the bugs that get me the idea that human beings live for hundreds of thousands of years in their natural state just riddled with parasites and different kinds of worms <laughs> in their skin and just constantly getting bitten by bugs and introduced to new diseases yeah that's a that's a little rough that is a little bit. You're right, man. It's a little to, like the experience of living without shelter and uh -huh. everything. But um, I feel even when I come back from two or three days of folk fests, coming mm. back to <laughs> my home, I just am so appreciative after yeah. being in folk fest for two to three days where I'm just <laughs> living in a tent in the mud <laughs> with no air conditioning. Just like it's my toilet, it's just mine. <laughs> yes, that's the number one. Oh my god, <laughs> there's no shit on the toilet seat. <laughs> I just, I, my room is temperature controlled, <laughs> but I don't have to. I don't have to fall asleep in the weirdest combination of like forty-five degree heat and maximum humidity, and inside the tent, it's like a sauna. <laughs> Yeah, just just another reason, I guess everyone should go to folk fest. Exactly. To to appreciate day, what they have Eric, in their Eric regular life. Fest. We'll see what happens. I think you really like it, Eric. I think you. I think you like letting your hair down. <laughs> it's always down. Eric, you know that uh, <laughs> everyone at his old job used to call him E Breezy. And Eric, if you walk go to folk fest and you tell people your name is E Breezy, that's what they'll call you. <laughs> e Breezy died a long time ago. <laughs> It's just Eric now. That's, That's sad. What happened to Breezy? Unfortunately, he, he died. Of what? Bounce. Bounce died. <laughs> just woke up. He didn't wake up. Damn, Eric. Did he die? Is there just like old age? That got him. Mm, he he uh, turned into he turned into like a just a bird and flew away. Wow. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah it's wonderful. Was it in a basement park? Then you had to kill it. <laughs> I don't know. I think it was a dodo, so it could have been. Yeah. That's what we should be doing. We should Instead of introducing new animals, we need to be bringing back the old animals. Oh, yes. Jurassic Park, that worked. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's an actual idea. I remember like, when I was an, a kid nerd and reading about it, the idea of like uh, rewilding the North Americas with uh, megafauna. Like, <laughs> reintroducing like... Uh, troubled animals in other parts of the world like uh, rhinoceroses and camels and elephants to like the middle of America where they're used to roam. 
I don't remember what the like the ecological benefit of it would be, but I remember the my benefit was that that sounds awesome. It does sound awesome. Yes. <laughs> the, the but it also includes like releasing like lions and leopards and gazelles and stuff. Along those lines, I want to know what happened to bringing back the woolly mammoth. I thought that like there were a bunch of articles out there that we were on track to bring back like the woolly mammoth by like 2020, and nothing yeah. ever happened. It's disappointing. That, that's okay that sounds like something they would say in back to the future right yeah that, that, that doesn't sound like something anyone reputable or credible would have actually said i'd love it if no, they were back the it's definitely like a plot because they have like holy mammoths for some reason like anything of that age that's been preserved is in when they find a preserved specimen like especially in places like russia they found like permafrost specimens of holy mammoths that are like almost perfectly preserved and it's like it's super cool to look at like Obviously, DNA doesn't work like it does with movies, and it's still incredibly damaged. But and the idea was to like successively introduce parts of reconstructed mammoth DNA to like African elephant embryos, mm. and then over time just add more and more until it eventually becomes like a half elephant, half mammoth. But then it's gonna be like, yo, that this is an elephant with things <laughs> on, man. Yeah, like I don't know, I'm. I'm such like a stickler and like a purist like that's that's not really a mammoth but like <laughs> i don't know uh you know it would be awesome um oh i just i just remembered i just had a like a brain flash uh the dolly what dolly the lamb I, I don't know what you're what you're saying Eric. you don't know about dolly the lamb no. the late 1990 they fucking yeah. owned a sheep Oh, okay. 2020, no more clone animals. Like they do, they they went too far. They stopped. <laughs> I don't think that's a lot. That's what happened. <laughs> Where there's no clone animals? That's not true. They're still cloning animals. Why can't I clone me? I want to clone me. I don't Eric, think anybody else wants that. The world a would lot be want that. Could they? Like we we've decoded the human genome, haven't we? <laughs> if my sperm, please clone. Oh, no, we probably we almost certainly could probably clone a human with no problem at this point. It's just the ethical part of it that like it would be a hundred percent illegal to do that. Yeah, well, well, here's how you do it. The only person you're allowed to clone is Hitler. <laughs> that way, anything bad that happens to him, it's like, ah, it's Hitler. <laughs> I have a question. If we cloned Hitler before he did the Holocaust, is he still a bad person? What? Ooh. Yeah, what if you what if you cloned Hitler and raised him in an extremely nurturing environment, and, like, he grew up to be a complete humanitarian, yeah. like, ran a bunch of charities... Completely changed. The I don't know. I actually, forever. yeah, he's running ABC Family ads for asking for a dollar a day. <laughs> he doesn't have the little mustache though. Instead, it's like just a soul patch and like yeah, you're, long you're hair. Mm -hmm. well, I don't. I don't know what Hitler's like early childhood was like. Who threw that fucking piece of bread at me? I want you to come up stage and fucking face me. And the whole time he's yelling at the crowd. Yep. Oh. <laughs> 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 you guys know about this? There's a great video of the lead singer of Smash Mouth at a concert where the lead singer is screaming at someone in the crowd to come up, come up to the stage and fight him while the <laughs> band in the back just keeps playing the intro to <laughs> All Star over on like a loop, just waiting for him to start singing. <laughs> Somebody actually threw bread at him? I think it was, it was like bread or a water bottle. He's like, who fucking threw that? <laughs> <laughs> but, 
It's just um, like a full-on like Karen level freak out on stage with the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to watch that, it. That's amazing. Oh, it's, it's, it's delightful. But uh, what, what were we saying about uh, uh, cloning humans? Cloning Hitler. Oh, just uh, the, the question came up about like raising Hitler in a, a loving, nurturing household. And I realized I really don't know anything about whether or not Hitler was like horribly abused as a child. You would think so. Um, I'm reading that. His... I feel like there's, there's always rumors that he hated his mother, who was Jewish, and that was why he hated Jewish people. Uh, I feel like I've never actually done the research to look that up, but I feel like I always heard that. I don't know. Let's, yeah, let's see. Honestly, I... you really didn't need an excuse to be anti-Semitic back in those days. Like, you, <laughs> all, all the fixings yeah. were already there in society. <laughs> Anti-Semitic was deep in Europe in like the early 1900s and then, and then Hitler went to World War One, mm. where he got to see firsthand, you know, the German army get uh, smacked <laughs> by the rest of the world and then in the years following France and England, they just put the fucking vice grip on him, sucking all the money out of it and just making the situation worse and worse and he was like, hey, I, I think I'm pretty cool. I think I can, <laughs> I think I make a couple speeches and people will be on my side. Well, and I, why I, my republic was like, we're tolerant of all views. Let Hitler speak. <laughs> I've always been like so curious as to how, and I've never really been able to get like a totally straight answer, like about how Germany went from like literally being like a wreck post World War One and being like you know a thousand percent inflation and their economy destroyed, to being like right back up to one of the most powerful countries in the world again mm -hmm. in World War Two, like in the span of. 40 years they just totally managed to rebuild themselves which is kind of amazing uh, oh, yeah. i think they're like they're i'm realizing now that like i have a very superficial understanding of this but like if you uh listen to dan carlin's hardcore history mm -hmm. he does like a comparison of like the nazi germany and the world war one germany the nazi mm -hmm. germany he he compares to like uh a boxer who's like a knockout artist and can knock you out in the first round but who has really weak legs so like mm -hmm. his foundation is kind of unstable oh yeah so you know and if the fight goes into the later rounds which world war ii did then he's yep. in trouble and so like i don't know i guess maybe germany just put a ton of money into their military and not much elsewhere i don't know i'm just i'm speculating oh yeah i think point. you could probably compare like uh the confederate states of uh, america in the same way because mm -hmm. they started off pretty strong with a lot of former u.s generals that were excellent on the field and knew how to commit troops but a few years later they're literally you know they're melting down their buttons to make bullets <laughs> and you know nobody's sons are coming home yeah. and the government can't uh, set up any uh, system of levying taxes because their entire existence as a government mm. was only there to wage war and as soon as the money stopped flowing the situation was basically over yeah exactly like they were also like a mm. very lethal force very early on in the conflict and then as the conflict went on they just didn't have the depth they didn't have the government infrastructure all the materials and supplies and the oh no yeah they were literally the, the humans <laughs> out of like a hotel room for the first like year of its existence wow yeah and like you take like you like that was supposed to be like the nazi germany and you compare that to like the soviet union who had like basically done what the nazis did internally where they just had a vice grip over their entire nation and committed absolutely everyone by force to industrializing as fast as possible and then the war came and they got a little smacked in the beginning but they had the ability to 
continue to produce the massive amounts of material and manpower that it takes, and then they just kept doing it. Yeah. Until Saul had a stroke and shit his pants. <laughs> Did he have a stroke during the war? No, no, this was in the 50s. Oh, okay. But he did shit his pants. Okay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> is that I mean, coinciding with the stroke, or was that a separate incident from the stroke? No, I think, well, obviously the doctors assumed it was from the stroke, but I think he was a dirty little diaper boy, and he got <laughs> off on just dirtying his drawers every now and then. But he just he pushed a little too hard this time. <laughs> and he said, Dr. Danya. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I mean, we all share our pants, technically. Yeah, all of us. What? Yeah, yeah. you can. Yeah, you didn't shit your pants as a baby. Get the fuck out. You mean you, are, you mean like when we're babies? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Technically, yeah, Grant, Grant Cradle was doing upper deckers day one. <laughs> <laughs> I came out of the womb. They couldn't find me for a little bit. They checked the the hospital bathroom. Saw me taking a big old upper decker. <laughs> And apparently the first poop a baby makes is like black and tar-like, and it's all like utero nutrients, so it's really yes, weird. it's called the meconium. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It You're is never gonna some get that nasty stuff. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's, that's information I didn't need to know. Right? <laughs> well, when you have your first kid who has black shit, now you know what's up. All right, yeah, yeah that, that, that'll be helpful. Yeah, you won't just think your kid's dying. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it's a black plague. My baby, I gotta kill it. <laughs> wow. Okay, Eric. <laughs> I mean, hey. Um. <laughs> I mean, if the plague doctor is busy and the peasants have to make a decision. <laughs> if we need, it's if we needed to know this, I'm looking it up. So the meconium, because I didn't think it was black, it's not actually black. It's a thick green tar-like substance that lines the baby's intestines oh. during pregnancy and is released shortly after birth in a bowel movement. Quite. <laughs> Occasionally, it is released in a bowel movement prior to birth. The meconium into the amniotic fluid. Oh my god. So it's just floating in my wife's stomach for a little bit. Oh my yeah, god. sometimes. Once she can't get it out, there's just floating turds in there. I mean, occasionally. Your wife might poop herself anyway while oh, yeah, she's that. giving birth. That's just one more reason that God needs to apologize to all women. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yikes. Hey, man. Steinfeld, do you want to get us back on track here? Well, yeah, yeah. there really isn't a track. Talking, I was um, about to start talking about what if you accidentally shit out your ball. But like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, divert us in a, a, a smoother direction. Yeah, Once no, I, I, old, I, I, I do toilet, have a question. I just, like, um, balls sucked down the water. What do I do then? Jesus Christ, I, I've assembled too many maniacs in one place. <laughs> but no, back to the animal killing because I'm okay. uh, here to kill animals for a job. Wait, what? Yeah. Uh, Grant is that, and Seinfeld's uh, a scientific researcher. You both kill animals for your job. Both kill Some yeah. of you do it for fun. For glee. Glee? <laughs> well, I do that for fun. <laughs> I heard Dr. Crandall has uh, just injections in his pocket just waiting to stab those cats. I come in. Grant's got 20 cc's of sodium pentothal on him at all times. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody starts talking shit. <laughs> I got the sign I told you ready for this cat. 
honestly, it's in case Eric gets out of line. It's just a little bit, just just a little top off. Not enough to kill him, just enough to put him out for a while. And if he dies, hit the button on the Eric cloner, another one pops out. <laughs> exactly. I've been cloning Eric's for years, to be honest mm -hmm. with you, when honestly, I go I a little over on the pentabarbital. Yeah, Craig, I think they're starting to deteriorate. <laughs> This year's this year's Eric model is uh it's it's a little uh it's a little deficient. <laughs> We're all deficient. What's so different? <laughs> well, yeah, what were you gonna say, Eric, about uh, killing animals? Um, I was gonna do that segment to half of us kill animals. I'm done. Thanks. Oh. <laughs> I've been saving that one for weeks. I mean, we we are all complicit complicit in the act of killing animals. Like we all, yeah. all of us eat meat, eat, eat animal products. Mm -hmm. So you know, we are we are culpable, and we live in houses that, um, you know, natural environments needed to be bulldozed down to create. So yeah, we are we are all in you know one way or another responsible for killing animals. Oh yeah. So, you ever watch that? Uh, I think it's it's a it's definitely like a vegan propaganda documentary, but uh, it's narrated by Joaquin Phoenix called Dominion. I haven't. That one's tough. It's it's a tough one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, okay. so, I don't know if you've ever seen it. Like, there are a lot of these kinds of videos where it's like a I don't know. I call it vegan shock porn, <laughs> where they they take you inside all of these factory farms, and yeah. so I'm sure they exaggerate a little bit, but. You don't really have to, because when you see 20 cows dangling from their knees, walking, like being uh, corralled into a neck slicing machine, it's, uh, it's pretty no, clear it's, and obvious. That, it is sad. Uh, maybe we should be doing things a little differently. No, I've, I've been trying to move toward, uh, I'm, I, I'm calling it a plant-focused diet. Mm -hmm. like, I'm not, definitely not vegan or vegetarian by any stretch, but like trying to mm -hmm. make you know, don't focus on eating less meat, focus more on eating more plants. Yeah, that's consistent. So it's, it's been working. I eat a lot of animals. I like a balanced diet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, animals are delicious. Like there's, there's, there's no, there's objectively no way around it. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, I don't see why I mean, I guess it's hard to do because there's there would be a lot of work that would need to go into it. But like, think about all this like like the feral hog population. That's all just a bunch of free meat out there for people who yeah. need a fucking meal. Yeah. Well, I the, mean, so the, uh, the I mean, if, we, if we killed them in a more reasonable way, <laughs> I mean, there's no reason. Clearly, we're very capable of systemically corralling a bunch of animals and then systematically murdering them. Yeah. So, so, you know, maybe if we tried a little bit harder at that, we would have a lot two, of extra food for our population. Two things. A lot of our population is hungry. Two mm -hmm. things. One, there was, at the end of that segment I watched, uh, they were just asking all these Texans whether or not they eat it, and it, just, it went back and forth, like, yeah, I eat the hogs, and then the next person was like, no, I don't eat those dirty hogs. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, apparently they, the, the native Texans are... Um, are pretty split on that. Um, <laughs> Man, but, not, they're not eating it in Texas. <laughs> so, like, the other question is, I like, dirty hogs. Why is right, it? Like, why is it that I, we? I would only eat a certain way. Like, I don't think I eat a pork chop. But if they want to, like, make some jerky out of it, or like bacon, something like that. Yeah, salt it and cure it. 
I don't know. I feel like he would just cut it open and then like snake nematodes the size of snakes would just start squiggling out of it. Well, what you really got to worry about is their uh, they get parasites in their muscles, right? Yeah, yeah. That's just the one that like it gets in your muscles and then like you just have literal worms just living inside your muscles. Yeah, that's unpleasant. Well, yeah, like, Sometimes like, people want that though. They just what? <laughs> okay, well, not that, but people use sometimes if people want to lose weight, they will intentionally give themselves tapeworm. So oh, they just yeah. keep eating all this fucking food and they lose all this weight. And they're like, all right, I'm at 110, I'm healthy. And then they just take like antibiotics just to get rid of the tapeworm. That's been in the well, past five months. You like anti anti parasite medicine. I'm not a doctor, man. I just bake. <laughs> but parasites are harder to get rid of than bacteria, just because they are little animals, basically. Well, I mean, usually it's pretty. It depends. Some mm-hmm. parasites have become very resistant to mm-hmm. the normal parasitic drug, anti-parasitic drugs that we use. Um, especially like typical roundworms or there's one called homonchus that goats get all the time, which is a blood sucking parasite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, homonchus. Yeah, it's called homonchus contortus. Honk, honk. <laughs> I think it's a senator from the <laughs> <laughs> I mean, blood sucking, it makes sense, right? <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're pretty resistant to a lot of our anti-parasitic drugs mm-hmm. now, so we have to move on up the line with stronger ones because they're the same thing that we have to deal with now with antibiotics and bacterial resistance you just reach right in just yank them out the body malaria to kill uh uh, syphilis that's cool i guess yeah interesting like does it give you malaria for most of human history was just like the plague of all time like if you got it you were almost certainly going to die from it and you just get scabs on your body until your dick falls off, and then you lose your mind, and then you die. <laughs> and the first big scientific cure in the 1800s was literally injecting liquid mercury into your urethra, which wow. did help the symptoms. But the problem was that then the symptoms would be gone, but you'd still have it, and you'd pass it on to other people because you thought you were fine again. And then eventually, <laughs> the symptoms would just come back. You'd also just and have a lot of mercury in your body. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, PSA for the viewers, mercury is not a very good thing to have in your body. Um, and uh, But the, one of the first things that they actually found that actually worked in killing syphilis was giving syphilis patients malaria, and, which malaria is a parasite. And basically it would create such unstable conditions in the human body that the bacteria syphilis would die out. <laughs> Sweating your ass off with a hundred and five degree fever because wow. <laughs> you're you have malaria, <laughs> and then eventually they treat you for the malaria and then you'd be fine. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Um, yeah, life was very scary before penicillin. I've started to realize that. Yeah, very, very much so. I don't, I don't remember that lady's name, but um, I I listened to her on the Joe Rogan podcast. She's a, a histor- historian, a medical historian, just talking about mm-hmm. all the crazy shit doctors were doing back back hey, in you know the good old days. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, back in the day, doctors were just like everyone. Every case was just an experiment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, literally, and like, it went how it went. Mm-hmm. If like if it helped, great. If it made things worse, well, you were going to die anyway, <laughs> right? And like the crazy thing was back then, you'd have these like 
huge academic academies that were like literally the highest law in medicine in the land. And they'd be, they'd have like entire competing theories about basic things about the human body works. There'd be like yeah. debates between like the humor school and the germ school of whether or not, you know, you, you just weren't drinking enough milk and that's why you had a miscarriage <laughs> or whether or not tiny microscopic organisms were invading your body and making you sick. Yeah. And a weirder one was right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was I was about to say like that, you know, the milk one sounds more believable, like at, at right, face like, value. That's the thing that's the problem with it. It sounds yeah. so simple and people have been saying it for so long. Like the humor system goes back to like the fucking ancient Greeks, mm-hmm. where people really thought that anything that was bad with the body was a result of some sort of physical imbalance. Mm-hmm. Like literally like Either there's not enough of something going in or something that's supposed to be coming out isn't coming out. Which is why their cure was just like leeches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, we... we... And uh, they, they were wrong. That's not how the body works. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we, we don't know how good we have it, I guess. Yeah. Or we, knew, we do, but we don't appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Like, does... There was a time where if you went to the doctor and you're like, doctor, I think I have cancer. They're like, you do have cancer. Mm-hmm. You want to know why you have cancer? Because you're too sad. <laughs> if you were a happier person, you wouldn't. The cancer would go away, <laughs> and you'd just be like, "All right, you're the doctor." <laughs> That's what people really thought that. It really like the mind impacted disease. Well, like, the mind does like, impact like, disease. Like, but... thing where people thought like uh, birth defects in babies were a result of like the mother was exposed to like a horrific scene like she saw somebody die while she was pregnant or she she was reading too many depressing novels <laughs> so that's why her baby came out with down syndrome well yeah <laughs> i was um i'm actually i don't know what like the literature is with um i know like there are there is studies where um like women that have been exposed to trauma during pregnancy can pass that trauma on to their offspring. Um, there's like, I, I can't remember off the top of my head. There's there's one with like Dutch babies born after World War II. I don't remember the results of it at all, but no, it's, it's not gonna cause Down syndrome. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like what, yeah. if there is like a small, like. A psychophysiological response, I'm sure it'd be, I don't think it's going to be enough to change the amount of chromosomes <laughs> or dramatically alter the development. Although, you know, who knows? You never know. Hey, we won't know until we try hard enough. Yeah, if, if science has shown us anything. Uh, it, it, the next great discovery is only one across the UA. <laughs> so, um, I, I have a, got a random question for you guys it's it's a bit oh, it's a bit of a big question i think i'm kind of interested to see what direction this takes uh, i wanted to throw out there what is the biggest challenge that you've overcome anyone just spew it out you first what you first biggest challenge uh Wake it up every morning is kind of a challenge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree with that. <laughs> the, the sheer will of dragging yourself from like the most comfortable place in the world to the actual world 
It's very, very yeah. intimidating every single day. And every, yeah, every day you do it is, is a win. It, it always sucks. Yep. <laughs> oh, I meant it as I don't want to face daily life, so I just want to just never leave my bed. And wake up and, <laughs> well, yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know being a person. <laughs> yeah. This is a call for help. Not, not, not a joke. Please help me. <laughs> Eric, you know we're here yeah, for you. just laughing too. Like. <laughs> That part was the joke. <laughs> Eric, once Corona's over, we should go paintballing. <laughs> Take your aggression out with, with bullets. <laughs> nah, I'm fine. Okay. Well, we'll check in with Eric later, everybody. <laughs> yeah, go, go uh, listen to that Louis Campanero episode. Like, yeah, I think living with, living with my parents the last five years, I think that was the, uh, the most difficult period. Almost aligned perfectly with the Trump administration. Again, it had nothing to do with it. <laughs> it started right as he got in, and it ended right as I got out. We both we, we both left office. <laughs> I'm happy for you for getting out of that situation. Yeah, no, yeah. The, the things that you shared from that situation were kind of pretty, yeah, pretty toxic a, and pretty terrible. Know, towards the end. Little, dare I say, a little macabre at the end. <laughs> <laughs> How are they doing now about the same? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I know my dad's doing okay. I've talked to my mom maybe like a month ago, two months ago maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But I, to my knowledge, she is doing mostly the same. Okay. But you know, mm-hmm. I got a job delivery Panera now. <laughs> I got bigger things going on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's taken a while to honestly come back. and like, like, I haven't lived there in over almost two years now. Getting close to two years, but it's only just now sort of kicking in, especially now that me and Jenna got our own place. Mm-hmm. That's like, yeah, like that part's just over. I can drive past my old house now, and there's other people living in it. <laughs> and it's a schmuck with New York license plates. Can you believe it? And Scotch planes. And Scotch I'm... planes. I bet he's going 25 on 22. Give me a break. What does this town come to? I'm the base of species, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> I wish New Yorkers just leave forever. Yeah, when is, when is Billy Joel going to commit to his uh, promise to destroy New York City? <laughs> what about you, Grant? Biggest biggest challenge or obstacle? Honestly, probably becoming a vet. It just mm. has been pretty grueling. Like, yeah, you made it every- what work possible yeah it's just brutal like i mean ever since like i mean high school there's there's pressure to get good enough grades to get into a decent college so you can get into a program for it and then once you get there literally the first thing they said at Rutgers, like during orientation was like so you want to be a vet <laughs> like 80 percent of the people in this room are going to fail at this there's a very good chance you're going to fail you're not built for this <laughs> pretty much so right off the bat you realize yeah and then immediately you have to go through all the weed out classes at, at Rutgers, make it through like bio and chemistry which is fine but then like organic chemistry where literally i don't even know it was probably like it was at least greater than 50%. I think it might have been greater than 60% who failed organic chemistry one and then just oh. decided, I can't do this. I can't be a doctor, yeah. a vet, wow. a pharmacist, whatever I wanted to be. This mm-hmm. is just not going to happen for me. <laughs> just barely squeaked by out of that one. Yeah, I get that. I heard a horrific thing about organic yeah. chemistry. 
Yeah, it is horrible. That was the most I ever studied in my life, even more than like during vet school or anywhere else. And then you make it through that, you finally get to vet school and you have to deal with the fact that vet school is hard. But then on top of that, all the loans and the ridiculous expense of going to a secondary school, mm -hmm. whether that's medical school, vet school, dental school, whatever the hell you want to go to. Right, cloud And then, yeah, whatever it is, podiatry school. <laughs> <laughs> Chiropractic school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I went to I three think, schools. I don't think chiropractors need organic chemistry. <laughs> well, I went to three schools and I turned out fine. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. So great. How many people actually do make it to the end, if you had to guess? Was it literally like 80% dropped out? Yeah, it was a lot. Like, most of the people who I started with, I think, like, the only person who I know who wound up becoming about who I went to school with was, was Dan Caraba. Mm. And that was after he... He struggled, so I'll leave it at that. <laughs> and <laughs> took a non-traditional path but got there with a lot of hard work. Good on. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it, ta it takes a lot. And then you get there and you got people screaming at you all day about complaining about the prices and how <laughs> that I shouldn't have to pay for this, that I shouldn't have to pay that my dog is broken. And it was such a long way to end up back in customer service. <laughs> exactly. That's why I my thing I'm most thankful for at my job compared to most vet practices, we have dedicated client service representatives and like like at least during the day and then the receptionists take care of it at nighttime. But I almost never have to talk to people about the prices. I tell them, this is what I need to do. Stay on the line. Somebody else is going to talk to you about an estimate. Mm. And that's where I leave it. And I don't have to worry about the money part part of it, thank oh, God, because so many other vets have to do that and like awesome. make the estimates themselves and fight with people tooth and nail for <laughs> everything that should be done. <laughs> just a minute. Oh, go yeah. ahead, Eric. If Zeke needed surgery, cost ten thousand dollars. Would you do it? I mean, it's a lot. It would depend where I am in my life. I mean, if people can't afford it, I completely understand. Like, I never have held it against somebody if they're like, "I just lost my job due to COVID," which I get all the time. I can't afford to do this, then I'll work I with them and do do whatever I can do. But, you know, I I never hold it against anybody if there's things that they can't do for monetary reasons. This is why we need universal pet health care. That would be nice. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, people would start I mean, getting crazy a lot pets. Of people are getting pet insurance these days. It's just a whatever. Per month. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's very much a real thing now. People just pay like a certain whatever it is, not a, too expensive, I think, for like per month, and then it'll just pay for whatever their animal needs. Oh, it would be like volcano insurance. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was real. No, yeah. real. And then, I mean, the heart, and then on top of that, you got like, like, it's fine. Like, I understand like all the jokes about it, the neutering jokes and yeah, everything yeah. else. But it's like, all the funny. Like, I went through all this work to get here, and I have to deal with people complaining. I have to deal with the joke. Like, I don't get to, I did just as much schooling as a human doctor. Yeah. And understand science just as much as a human doctor, but I just have to deal with the butt end of everything pretty much I, all the time. So, what do you do with the ball sacks after you cut them off? Good question. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, 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 I mean, literally.
literally a, no, we, we have like a med, we have like a medical trash container that okay. like we just put any like organic waste in. Mm-hmm. Well, where does it go from there though? Do you have to do you have to put it in like a little baggie and label it like date it whose whose testicles they were? <laughs> no, it just goes in a in a trash bin essentially. Yeah. Right. They said it wiped the pet coat, it'd be turned into <laughs> <laughs> Eric, Eric's going to become an investigative journalist. Really, really get to the bottom of where the balls go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't follow the money; you follow the testicles. I couldn't do journalism. <laughs> My name is Eric Lorray. I'm here at the 2024 RNC convention. <laughs> I know for a fact that the Republicans are frying dog balls and serving them as hors d'oeuvres. this year. Oh my. Wow. I may not make it out alive. <laughs> Just imagine being on Fox News. Oh, Eric, would be great. Eric, would you go on Fox News as like the CEO of Antifa? <laughs> uh, yeah. I never fully understood what Antifa is. And all that only makes it better. <laughs> I feel like I should know a little bit before going in. If there's one person that could wear down Fox News, it's Eric. Yeah, I think if, if Eric can do it, anyone can do it. Except the Carson. Exactly. No, forget it. Just give Eric his own shit. A man and a genuine conservative? No. <laughs> I forgot where the fuck I read this, but like, they're like, yeah, he's not legitimate news. Don't listen to him. And I was like, oh my god, that's serious. No, yeah, they, the hardcore uh, Trumpers don't like Fox News anymore. Because they weren't ready to commit treason. <laughs> I mean, they committed a little treason. Eh, that's not bad. I, I don't know. I, I remember don't... when all the Trump supporters were like, trying to bomb all the uh, voting centers. I'm a little nervous about the number of Republicans who say they aren't going to certify the results of this election. Mm-hmm. I know, like a stupid amount of them. Yeah. Like over a hundred Republicans said, it's like, yeah, I'll vote for the end of democracy. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of them are just kind of posturing and will cave last minute. Mm-hmm. I hope. <laughs> I, I, I pray. <laughs> I don't know. McConnell's house got faced. I did. <laughs> just literally, uh, someone spray painted his door. Where's my money? <laughs> <laughs> Which is amazing. Uh, Why I, is he even still fucking in Congress? Like, he's so old. Like, would he want to retire at that point? Yeah, this is Kentucky we're talking about. Yeah, but like, wait, what are you gonna do? Like, you're just gonna die working. That's so terrible. Yeah, he'll die to die heart attack. If you do what you love, you don't work a day in your life. Why wouldn't you just want to retire at this exactly. point? Exactly. I don't know. I think he gets off on it. Yeah. Fucking. I think there's got piece of shit. Like, the man just truly cannot really have any consistent ideology other than just pure hypocrisy of running his state at an absolute deficit for, like, over a decade, constantly sucking in money from uh, coastal states, and just denying every possible chance to apply, you know, the same sort of system to just all states federally. He definitely I mean, shit his pants in the Congress office. Yeah, I think he's a little uh, dirty little diaper boy. Uh, I need a diaper change. <laughs> AOC, and she's like, no, it's another thing he's got in common with Stone. Yeah. <laughs> Although, actually, not uh, probably not a ton otherwise in common with Stone. I'm sure if Mitch McConnell wanted, could be the premier of Kentucky, he would be. He <laughs> <laughs> would raises probably, up probably closer to Hitler. All these coal miners and meth heads come together under his flag. <laughs> God, Kentucky just seems like a terrible place to live. Dude, like, I, I, I can't think of, of much reason to live in Kentucky. Hey, I, I don't, I don't want to alienate any of my listeners in Kentucky. 
you know, to all, all of my fans yeah, in Kentucky, I love you and I appreciate you. No, no, it's a nice place, I'm sure. But, <laughs> like, I mean, Florida, it's like, Florida, is, Florida is terrible, but, like, at least, like, the weather is good for, like, part yeah. of the year. And there's some cool, like, animals there. Yeah, and, like, particularly the like, pythons. <laughs> Burmese pythons. Kentucky's so dreary. Like, whenever I see any, like, video of Kentucky in a nature documentary or just a picture or, like, any depiction of Kentucky, it just looks gray and lifeless all mm. the time. My sister, because uh, my sister played D one soccer for Rutgers for the listeners, and uh, she before then she was playing for University of Louisville, and she's from New Jersey, and she got up early one morning, like five thirty, to go for a jog around the city of uh, yeah Louisville, and the streets are dead empty, no one's there. I think it was like a Sunday, <laughs> and she jogs across the street, no cars, and a cop pulls her over in his car, <laughs> and gives her a ticket for jaywalking. What? <laughs> <laughs> Jaywalking. Oh my god. And it's like folklore from New Jersey. This is jaywalking is not a thing. <laughs> the, we call that Tuesday. Right? <laughs> um, I can't believe that. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Well. No, this, this is the Bible Belt. Or like extended. I think the real Bible Belt. I mean, this, this is the same police department that um, that murdered Breonna Taylor. Yeah. So, you know, not trying to, oh, you know, a, a pattern is emerging. <laughs> My sister, uh, I am half Colombian, and my sister is a uh, very dark skin compared to me. At least my pale, near translucent ass. I don't think anything. The same cop who murdered Breonna Taylor gave you for that ticket. Damn. Well, bullet dodged, literally. <laughs> I don't think like anything ever really happened to those guys. Nope. Nothing ever happened. So... Probably became, probably leave pay like always. That's all they ever got. Like I think. I don't know what's the status with um Derek Chauvin. Um, the... I believe he posted bail, and I think he, he's, he's awaiting trial because these things these things take a long time. Okay. Regardless, like I, uh, I got caught let's... smoking weed in fucking TCNJ, and it was still six months before I thought for him. Derek Chauvin uh, charged uh, with murder, released on one million dollar bond. How's he affording a million dollar bond? About on the legal system to me is how long it takes to actually do anything. Like, well, like you, you you know, well, go ahead. You don't have to post your entire bond just to answer Simon's question. Okay. I think it's like ten percent or twenty percent or something like that. You you need to make that, and then if you skip bail after that, uh, you're charged for the whole thing, mm-hmm. or you you just don't get the money back. I can't remember how it works. It's so complicated. And so clearly made to fuck over poor people. Well, so yeah, what I was just about to say, like a huge number of convictions in this country come from guilty pleas because people are just in jail awaiting trial mm-hmm. with no light at the end of the tunnel and it's right. just easier for them to plead guilty and get it over with because you can't call your boss at mcdonald's and be like hey can i have a month off <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna be like no you're fired <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, it's it's rough. Um, <laughs> you, know, you know, you could be like Kyle Rittenhouse and just get the my pillow guy to bail you out. <laughs> you know, and they mentioned in the movie that in a bad education last night, which was great. You know, the uh, the market for job market for ex cons just wasn't so good in two thousand two. It's it's not a whole lot better now. Nope. So, <laughs> probably wasn't a lot better before that either. <laughs> No, I don't think it was ever good. <laughs> I don't know. It's 
I, I don't I like really want to do like a deep dive into like our entire prison system and like what happens to people on the other side. Eric, are you um, are you signaling a thumper? <laughs> I was gonna I, I was gonna telegram from uh, a listener right now. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, it's our good friend Alan Woodfield. Seriously? Oh, Alan Woodfield, what's he saying? It says, "Hey guys, he just stop. wanted to say stop." Fuck Grant, LOL, stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Alan Woodfield has spoken. Yeah. Talk about fantasy league, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. He's always he's always a sour. Every time I talk to him, he's like, oh, I'm so fucking made a career for fucking fantasy league. It's just because Alan is always so salty that his team always sucks every year. <laughs> That's because he every drafted the guy who doesn't play. What? I know not to, he drafted the guy who doesn't even fucking play. Even I know not to do that. Yeah, he's he's terrible at fantasy. Well, but the chicken egg grease slip out, slipped his fingers. He misclicked the wrong guy. <laughs> what if there's a huge scandal at, uh, at the next Super Bowl uh, instead of the play game? That's the grease bowl. The grease bowl. Grease bowl. They covered uh, the, the football in chicken egg grease. Everyone keeps fumbling. Grant, how do you feel about losing another season in the finals? It's pretty pretty demoralizing to be honest with you. Every year I I either make it to almost the championship or three out of four I made it to the championship and lost. But I feel like it's just bad luck. I don't know. I mean so much of fantasy football is luck and I've just not had it. It's like fifty percent luck, fifty percent remembering to put your players in. And that's the part yeah. I struggle with. <laughs> it's such a I like it's fantasy football is such a silly concept. Like it's fun, <laughs> but like I did it once and I never, never again. You know, I think <laughs> if it really thing. like I thought it would be fun. I just made all my picks whoever I thought looked the most high in their profile picture. <laughs> but yeah. then yeah, like three weeks along, some people were like, "Yo, you have four people on your team who aren't even playing." I'm like, "What? That makes no sense." I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> if it really is a fit fantasy, I should be able to have whoever I want on my team. Yeah. I can't, even, like, I can't even cast Fireball. Yeah, I want to have Godzilla as my quarterback, Santa Claus as my wide receiver, and my, Hagrid as my uh, defense. Yeah, and O.J. Simpson is my uh, front, front, front. What was he? Running, running back. back. <laughs> running back, yeah, I think he was running back. Yeah, he was running back from the to the cops. <laughs> <laughs> well, he drove very slowly. He did. Oh, okay. Speaking of O.J., have you guys seen the new Ford Bronco? That car is, I don't usually, I'm not usually the type of person who's super into cars, but the new Ford Bronco is, is a pretty nice looking vehicle. What does that Ooh. have to do with OJ? Yeah, his they just brought it back. Damn, that does look tight. It's, it's a very Jeep-like car. Like a, yeah. like it car. does. It's, it's, it's a, a sexy car. It's a very grand friendly car. There's a lot of dead people in that car. A lot of dead white people in that car. Could fit a lot of Anna Nicole Smiths in there. <laughs> I love about the uh, the combination of like the uh, what was it the Cuba Gooding Jr. show uh, about the trial, and then there's a I think it's ESPN documentary Thirty Under Thirty about OJ Simpson. Uh, yeah. Fucking like that whole thing is just so nuts because of course the one cop who decides to bust the case it happens to also be incredibly racist. <laughs> yeah. And wrote a screenplay about racist cops. I, I actually I haven't seen any of those shows. I've heard they're like excellent. Oh, I think for you personally, you might be more interested in the the 
it was a 30 on a 30. Okay. Uh, 30, it's a, 30. 30 for 30. Yeah, it's a three-parter. Each part's like three hours long. Damn. It is. It is yeah, that's really good. Although the show itself is with Cuba Gooding is, is also terrific. Oh, yeah. People oh, versus OJ oh. Simpson or something. So it's on uh, Hulu, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, or Netflix. It might be on both, honestly. It might be on Netflix too. It got Ross from Friends playing Robert Kardashian. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was one of the. God. That was one of the best parts. The fact that they got Ross to play Robert Kardashian. Yeah, fucking John. Oh, this guy. I know it's a hero. Oh, oh, this guy. You think he actually killed someone? <laughs> hey, come on. <laughs> we want to break. I, uh, he definitely killed her. <laughs> yeah. he, he thinks Carol Baskin fucking killed her husband. And what's that say about him? Yeah, I'm sure he knows. <laughs> I, I'd say it's Carol Baskin probably killed her husband. Whacked him. Yeah, I'm I'm no expert on the situation. I, I bet he <laughs> fed her. I, uh, she fed him two tigers. I bet they were snacking. <laughs> You're just doing the TikTok now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's me that it didn't happen. That's, that's one of the amazing things about our society is that uh, when that special first came out, a, a dance was made on TikTok where people would dance to someone imitating Joe Exotic singing about Carol ba- how Carol Baskin killed her husband, <laughs> which is fun. You think, you think people would have done the same thing when OJ came out if they had TikTok? <laughs> um, I don't know. Joe Exotic's just so, so, so weird. The party. It's also like the start of COVID. And it's like, hey, yeah. well, this yeah. new special that came out. By the way, I know like he didn't actually make the music, but his music's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the music videos are fire. Like that guy's going to bring music videos back. I like my cowboys gay on drugs and violence. Yeah, I'm like, I'm surprised there hasn't been um, a well, reality a, show ar- about him yeah. in prison yet. Locked up t- yeah, with the know. Tiger King. I don't know if it's being, I think she was being investigated for something at some point, but I don't know. All these people are probably committing crimes, but they're in reality, it's probably just like embezzling money in tax fraud. <laughs> yeah. Because you could think of a, a large cat, almost like how rich people think of like, uh, like fancy paintings that they buy at auctions for millions of dollars like they don't buy it because they are they buy it because it's a way for them to unload wealth into an object that's not taxable mm-hmm. interesting they still play video games honestly i don't know why not why more people don't focus on how sketchy doc doc anto was in that oh, he, doc anto? he was a cult leader that guy was probably the most insane, most psychopathic person in the whole show. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like, um, so the actual tiger was Joe Exotic is, is crazy in the way that, like, Charlie is crazy and always sunny. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, Doc Antle reminds me of the way that, like, Dennis yes. is crazy and always sunny. Sneaky, <laughs> manipulative. No, that, that dude is 100%. I mean, they are all cult leaders, but that guy was... 100 percent like take like convincing people to leave their family scary stuff oh, happening happen yeah. behind the scenes at his place yeah oh. later on in 2020 doc Ansel got indicted on 15 charges of wildlife trafficking and animal cruelty so there you go i mean i think he was probably also raping women but at the very least grooming his employees and also yes. the thing is just working and not getting paid are yeah. big cats really that cool I mean, they're pretty cool. 
like I didn't like working at Sun Tavern as a teenager, but working for a, a sex crazed maniac who just lets me pet a tiger every now and then for no money doesn't seem better. I worked with a sex crazed maniac before. <laughs> I bragged about it. Can you elaborate, Eric? I fucked over nine thousand women in ten <coughs> years, and I was like, "No, you didn't. You only have five kids. That's physically impossible." He's like, I knew he didn't wear a condom. And I was, he's like, my pull-ups is really good. And I was like, no. I don't think so. I think something's up. I think he forced them to have abortions. I have a whole theory list about this man. He slept with his own cousin at one point. Jesus. Oh, my God. Like Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> well, then he, and then he Which found out. Christmas tree shops? Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, I you found out today. Sound like Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> I, it, it was the Wild West not back for a while. I found out today, and I didn't know this. Saddam was, Hussein was, was also really married to his first cousin. So you know, we we got Saddam Hussein and Rudy Giuliani. Got that in common. Married to their cousin. Yeah. Not a not not a not a great group of people. <laughs> yeah, not a hey hey Albert Einstein. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I believe he did marry, eventually married his cousin. Okay, that, that was also longer. He was also a notorious uh, hound. He just cheated on every wife he had. Really? Einstein? Oh, yeah. Wow. No, Einstein was nuts. Didn't uh, Poe marry his cousin, too? Who? Poe? Oh, Eggie Allen? I think he might have. Like, or was like his brother's wife when he died? Yeah, I think it was that, which apparently was super common. But Back in the old days, yeah, you could do anything. And it was common. Mm-hmm. So what can you do? <laughs> you, live village, you live in a village of 20 people. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's going to be hard-pressed to find somebody. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I was, where did I even, like, start thinking about this? Like, thinking about human evolution. And, like... You know, people definitely were breeding with their cousins <laughs> throughout human history. Like that's there's there's almost no way to, to avoid that. Like, you know, this is moral side of side. Yeah. This is not what I believe, but apparently cousins isn't that bad. Yeah. Just from a genetic perspective yeah. of like the effects on your offspring. Yeah, yeah. Other than the fact that you're a disgusting person. Genetically, <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently it's not too bad. Like brother, sister, father, daughter, that that's way more hazardous in terms of genetics and everything else. <laughs> well, like, yeah. I can't, like, think back, like, if you're living in a village of 20 people in, like, the 1700s, and you just happen to have a, a male cousin and a female cousin, and the parents are the ones who decide who gets married, they're like, yeah, yeah put them together. <laughs> what's, what's the worst that could happen? Right. <laughs> oh, man. What? I'm glad, I'm glad, how many of you have podcasts did it take for the topic of incest? <laughs> to come up on your podcast um i think this is maybe number 23 nice i think this is the first time it's come up i i really hope it's the first time and the last time it comes up <laughs> now this this is a bit this has been a wild windy road <laughs> not uh not, not sure yeah, how we got there you've had us on here you've had eric lorang and you've had the mayor of what fanwood scotch plains fanwood yeah the, the mayor of scotch plains was too busy to even respond right <laughs> i find it weird that you had a doctor me and then the mayor of fanwood because i'm the sandwich <laughs> in between these two functioning society members well the uh so the, the doctor is a phd so uh, i have a phd as not well. not a medical yeah, doctor. Has a bad <laughs> yeah. I, I, B -A -D, he has a bad mf bad motherfucker <laughs> 
<laughs> All of us have PhD. Most of you guys have PhDs. Pretty big debt. <laughs> hey, that's. I mean, it's not, not, it's not, that's you know, not how you spell PhD. PhD. But that would be a PhD. pretty huge PhD. debt. Pretty high debt. Pretty big yeah, debt. Pe I, I made a boo boo. Okay. People like to uh, <laughs> to use piled higher and deeper as well for uh, yeah. for PhD. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not a PhD anyway. I'm a VMD. Did a writer. Medical doctor, I understand. <laughs> I don't know. Getting a PhD hasn't been the worst decision that I could make. I mean, I'm getting paid to go to school rather than paying to go to school. Like, I yeah, get paid sure. shit. But, uh, a lot of people do the same. Yeah. Um, I spend most of my time hanging out with your, rats. What do you think was your biggest hurdle to overcome, Sideville? Yeah, yeah, exactly. uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I'm putting the camera back on you. This is like Matt talk now. And let's, I mean, come on. I mean, there's been so many hardships in the life of, like, imagine being Michael Steinfeld yeah. every day. I, I, I imagine it feels like being a, like a, a, maybe a small bird inside of a <laughs> metal bucket that some kids trapped you inside and they're just shaking it, shaking it. Um, <laughs> you know, so. I think I would say, you know, I, I'm going to cop out and, like, just make a list of things. Um, <laughs> so, like, around age five, I had, like, pretty crippling, like, anxiety and, like, just emotional insecurity about going to school and interacting with other human beings. Um, I don't remember, like, day to day. I think I, like, I would just cry in school for like stupid shit because like I couldn't finish my lunch like <laughs> I was very emotionally imbalanced um you know maybe that's just kind of the kind of thing you do grow out of and then I kind of went through another kind of like period of that maybe from like age 10 11 to 12 and a half where I was just very kind of emotionally insecure about things yeah I mean it, you know it's it's a very confusing time to be a yeah a, a buddy, a, a, a preteen. Um, Your dick starts getting hard and so does life. Yeah. Um, I, I still think this podcast has been like one of the biggest, I mean, you know, it wasn't a challenge in the sense that like, you know, pe people tried to prevent me from doing it. It was a yeah. challenge. There, like, there was the other side though yeah. that you had to fight, fight for the moon of Seinfeld's <laughs> talk within the Spotify headquarters. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, this thing with uh, Jeffrey Seinfeld. He lives in like uh, Arizona. <laughs> and you put him in. You put him in that full Nelson, and he he tapped out. Well, uh, some uh, sometimes I think if you type in Steinfeld, you get Haley Steinfeld. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, pop artist. Um, and, like I'm still kind of overcoming the the hurdle of like asking people to come on this and like letting like talking to people about it because i think that people are gonna think hey this guy's a fucking weirdo <laughs> he talks to yeah. his friends and records it and puts it on the internet yeah. uh, <laughs> don't worry Steinfeld. people think that anyway but anyway i think there's never been a better time to just make recordings of yourself talking to your friends and putting it on you know yeah yeah this is the perfect timing for it yeah. <laughs> now they're not like, oh, this weirdo is uh, collecting a data of all of his friends. They're just like, oh, it's a podcast. <laughs> yeah. People are looking for an excuse to get onto Zoom and do something other than stare at the wall at home these days. Exactly. You contemplate the, the crisis of our mm -hmm. age. Well, yeah, I mean, that was kind of like part of the inspiration around doing it. It's like, you know, we have 24 hours a day 
we ideally spend eight of it sleeping, but like the rest of the 16, like a lot of it just ends up being wasted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just kind of felt like we could be doing more with our time. And, you know, we've been talking for about an hour and a half here. You know, a lot of it has been, <laughs> you know, just <laughs> stupid bullshit, but. Um, yeah, you know, I, I hope people will find it entertaining, but, you know, if they don't, I, I still think the th- four of us have grown closer together. Exactly. Because of it. And so, yeah, you know. I feel the same. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. <laughs> it didn't go down. It didn't go up. <laughs> Eric, Eric is at the Buddha. He's, he's unmoved at all, all, all times. If the people don't enjoy a, bun- a bunch of boys from Scotch Plains talking about shooting pigs from helicopters and incest, they're in the wrong place. Why? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> we go talk about incest Oh, Eric wants to talk about incest more. It's an interesting topic. No, it's an extremely yeah, interesting let's talk topic. About, uh, fucking, uh, the Habsburgs. Let's talk about the royal line. I mean, well, talk about how Queen Elizabeth had, I think, eight generations of corgi family. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, and the I amount of incest porn on the internet, just the amount of incest porn out there, just lets you know, like, this, you know, this is tapping into something very deep in like the human yeah. condition <laughs> that is exposing <laughs> something very like... weird. <laughs> about it i just think it's easy to write <laughs> it's like oh hey insert son's name oh hi mom you're done that's all you gotta do age don't even matter anymore yeah you don't even have to buy a van for this kind of porn and if you and if you add step in front of mom or dad it just makes the whole thing guilt-free for everyone too <laughs> you're too young to be a mom oh no I'm gonna it's still mom. it's okay. still creepy it's still super creepy yeah <laughs> Yeah, like, but like porn in general is i mean por- yeah porn's weird um <laughs> i don't so why know why does it follow just the rules of like normal why does it, it stand alone as like a completely different kind of art form that like it's exclusively serving one purpose and then any uh, any variation you have on that like whatever gets you to this end place anything goes <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I consider asmr porn i think it's crooked there's definitely people jerking off that <laughs> I don't want people whispering. I want people yelling. <laughs> so I can hear them. What are you doing? Get out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. So I had to like that in some tavern once <laughs> when I was walking into the kitchen and two of the cooks were just looking at an iPhone. And I was just like, I had a problem with me watching soccer like they usually do. When I get to the other side and then watching someone get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> that happened a lot of Christmas tree shops. Here. Oh, like, my God. Together. Like they were bonding over it. No, stop. That happened all the time at work. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it was homemade. He's like, look what I did last night. And I was like, I'm not watching this. <laughs> it looked like a professional production. <laughs> Like, we were supposed to be, like, cutting boxes, and, like, they're just watching porn. I was like, we have work to do. They just looked at me, and let's look back at the phone, and I was like, I stop. Like, that's your supervisor's penis, and you're looking at it. Jesus Christ. I ran looking at micro penises for, like, 20 minutes once. <laughs> well, that's just a curiosity thing. All right. Well, Listen, I, I, I have that power. very long. <laughs> uh, All right, I'm, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'm handing the reins over to you guys. I, I'm going to the bathroom, so I'm relinquishing complete control of the podcast over to you guys for like 30 seconds. Hopefully, wow, you don't do too much damage. Here's oh, realize when he's done. 30 
no, you, you take, yeah. take at least like, 30 seconds to wash your hands, so you're not oh, washing uh, your hands. One, at one point in Auschwitz, uh, Joseph Mengele started boiling uh, corpses alive, and some people, <laughs> some people were alive when they were being boiled, and some of the uh, Auschwitz uh, prisoners gathered around it because they didn't know what it was, and this was just a sick experiment that Joseph Mengele was doing. But then when one of the guards came back, they found some of the Jewish prisoners actually like eating the chunks of meat that were coming out of this like boiling pork soup. And they were eating it more. Oh my goodness. Wow. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, did they just get like a giant, like, no, like a blue that they superheated? Dude, he would fucking like, he would do anything. Like he was not scientific at all. He wasn't even really a doctor. We shouldn't call him a doctor. None of it was scientific. It was more no. so for fun or like. But the uh, atrocities, similar atrocities that were committed by the Japanese at Unit 731 in China, like putting uh, Chinese prisoners in hyperbaric chambers and submitting them to like zero atmospheres of volume, zero atmospheres of pressure until like their organs would burst inside of them. The U.S. government after World War II fought all that information and brought over some of the soldiers to help work with the space program. Wow. Oh, like Operation Paperclip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same sort of deal. Anything to get to the moon. Yeah, gotta get to the moon. Yeah, that, that, you know, I'm I'm sure we like. I know we learned a lot, like in that process. But that just seems like a giant waste of time and money. <laughs> Eric, <laughs> scratching. So, I mean, we did get there. We got there a couple times, I think, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. I haven't been back in a while. Jesus Christ, Eric. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not even doing it. I'm um, before the mic. Unless, unless it's Mike. Oh, no, it sounded like it was Eric. Uh, well, I guess uh, Eric's okay. green thing no, we're good. We're good. going on and off for a while. Sorry. Um, that's okay. <laughs> this... My um, headset's haunted by the uh, the giver of this gift. Dude, that's that sounds like an episode of The Twilight Zone. Right. That would be an amazing episode of The Twilight Zone. Sounds like something a cult leader would say to you before he cuts your balls off. <laughs> Jesus was a cult leader. I watched my mind. so much Twilight's on this week. Yeah, have you guys ever watched, like, when they have the merit? You guys, none of you. I'm the only weirdo who still has cable. You guys can go ahead. Mom, no, my mom's watching that. it. But, um, like, sci-fi, sci every New Year's Eve through New, Year, New Year's Day has a, a uh, marathon of Twilight. So oh. I must have watched, like... 10 episodes at Hell least yeah. over those two days. There were some good ones, and some ones uh, relating to the things we talked about today, like the Civil War. There was one episode where this mm -hmm. lady was just like hanging out in this burned down house. She was sad that her husband wasn't going to be home from the Civil War. And then all of a sudden, like down this beat up path, all these like Civil War soldiers are just kind of coming through. And there's something kind of off about all of them. And yeah, basically the punchline is that they're all dead, <laughs> and they're, they're going to light at the end of the road, and she doesn't want to go until eventually her husband, who died in the war and, like, half of his face is blown off, comes back and is like, it, it's time. Let, let's yeah, go. Yeah, I on. remember that one. That was and a good it turns one. Out she, she just died of having some infection or something. That is serious. <laughs> yes. She got the vapors. Yeah, I watched, uh, I watched a couple this New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. Um, I watched it on Netflix because I'm a normal millennial, unlike Grant Crandall. Um, <laughs> um, uh, you got? Do you guys have a favorite episode of The Twilight Zone? 
the one with the diner. That's a great episode. And then the guy goes, I just about the crash. He goes, I have my seatbelt on, you yeah. fucking idiot. <laughs> Wait, which, which, there's a couple episodes with the diner. There's one with, like, mm-hmm. the little wish, the little thing where you ask the question oh, yeah. in the diner. There's one where there's a bunch of people trying to figure out who the alien is in a diner. That one. Yeah, that will, one. will the okay. real Martian the please stand up? The diner owner goes, no, I'm an alien, and we've yeah. been here longer. All your friends. Yeah, <laughs> like we intercepted your people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to put like a spoiler alert on this episode. I mean, it, Twilight Zone's been out long enough where I feel like you should. Your listeners not old enough to watch it. <laughs> um, I would, I think, like To Serve Man might be like my favorite overall. Oh, oh yeah, that's um, so good. Out of that's incredible um i I really like the silent episode where the um the tiny little aliens invade this giant house oh yeah this giant human oh yeah um i won't give away the twist of that one i watched one this weekend that was um really good and like the twist was kind of weird because the twist was that like nothing weird happened at the end but <laughs> this this old guy thinks that when this grandfather clock stops he's gonna die and then it does and like his ghost comes out of his body and he just tells his ghost to fuck off like i'm not going anywhere <laughs> what sterling <laughs> smoking rod serling not roger serling is the character from mad men oh you're right i Wow, I just completely put them up. Very, very easy to confuse the two. Right? <laughs> Similar names. Very, like, both have very square heads and faces. Yeah. Um, Old Man. Yeah. Do you have a favorite episode of that? Oh, I love the one. I don't know if it was made for the Twilight Zone or they just hosted it. The one where it's uh, also the Civil War and the guy's about to be, uh, like, hung on a bridge. And, uh, like, they drop him, but the rope breaks, and then he, like, swims away, and he has, like, a whole little, like, adventure where he's just, like, appreciating the beauty in life. And he makes it back home to his wife, and then raises about the hugger, just clack, and it turns out he got hung. <laughs> that was all just a hallucination that happened while he was dropping. I don't think oh, I've seen gosh. that. <laughs> right? It's so hard. <laughs> That's a rough one. Right? I haven't seen that. I remember there was another one where, um... A- it was pretty much the same thing. Guy was getting hung, and the rope snapped, and the guy wound up like somehow transporting through time to the future or something like that. Oh my god! Yeah, I think I saw one too. And he was like just a barbarian savage in the future, mm-hmm. and he was like just killing people and stealing things and breaking machines. <laughs> I don't. I don't think yeah, I've seen one. I never. Has it, have anyone seen any of the new episodes of the remake that they made? I've seen them. So they're hit or miss. Some of the episodes are, are pretty entertaining. Some of them are not as good. But I I mean, if you have the chance to watch them, I mean, I, I would watch them. I think it's worth it. All right. Um, who, what else? Um, i trying to think of another good one. There was one really good one. I don't remember what it was called. Um, it, it was actually, in a way, one of the more disturbing Twilight Zone episodes that I think I've ever seen with this this kid out in the countryside who basically oh he has like these special like telekinetic powers oh my God. <laughs> and he has like but, but he's like a seven-year-old boy or something like that mm-hmm. so he has the mind of a seven-year-old boy but he has these telekinetic powers and everyone in the town is just terrified of him and smiling all the time trying to appease him as much as possible because he doesn't know better and he'll just 
like kill people if like sends you get out of line. Yeah, I remember the one guy who turned into a jack in a box, and yeah, there was something so disturbing about that image. They didn't even show it, but they had like it, they showed like the silhouette of what looked like a human man's head on like on like swinging around at the top of a jack in the box, and everyone screaming, and I just. That was a very disturbing image. Like yeah, they didn't have to show yeah. much, but it was chilling. I can't remember if they killed him or something at the end. Mm. Not a little bit like a freak. If this was in Texas, they would have been, they would snipe him from five hundred yards. I think George R. R. Martin Andy. episodes. Who? George R. R. Martin. Oh, oh really? The recent, the newer twelve. I don't, I don't know if it's like the old ones or the, the newer ones. But I don't think people talk about the Twilight Zone enough when people just talk about, like, probably because of recency bias and whatnot, when people talk about, like, the greatest television series of all times, like, like Mad Men or Sopranos or whatever else, I guess because it's not a continuous storyline, it's a little bit different, mm -hmm. but the stories in the Twilight Zone are so timeless and relatable. Like, yeah. For something that happened in the early to mid '60s to still be this relatable today, and like almost all the stories is crazy. And it's so nuts that one of the most popular shows in America at one point was a sci-fi horror social commentary show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty brutal, and some of it's like depictions of like a critique of like government or morality or society. Like it's it's pretty cool. Like uh, yeah. when they're gonna kill like the one where they kill the librarian. The uh, oh, the obsolete God. man. Yeah. Another, another great episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> George R. R. Martin did write, but it's like the second. Uh, I guess it was the second time they did it, in like the mid eighties. Wow. Oh yeah, yeah, I think they already brought it back in the eighties. With the rest oh, of really? with the rest mm -hmm. of Craven. Interesting. I don't know if it was any good or not. I guess it wasn't that good if no one remembers it from the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> Can't beat the book. Oh, this man said we're going to finish these books. A oh, poor man. I would say Tales from the Crypt is another extremely entertaining. I couldn't watch it as a kid. I don't know. No, the Crypt Keeper scared the shit out of me. He still kind of scares me. I remember, like, the, it was that, uh, like, oh, man, the after school lineup on the Sci Fi channel was just popping. It had, like, Ripley's Believe It or Not. Factor fiction, tales from the script. Man, sci fi in its heyday is just Ooh. a great, great channel. Fucking Saturday morning marathon. They, they, they blur out the boobies, but I still watch them. Yeah. <laughs> it was still enough for Matt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just enough to kickstart that puberty. All right. Well, I I, I think we might, might have uh, exhausted our pulse list of. Uh, Possible ridiculous topics. Yeah, I, <laughs> All right. I think we keep going. <laughs> I think we're, we're approaching on almost two hours, right? Uh, it's know. gotta be. Well, I think we got started a little after four. We we got to be at like an hour forty-five or so. Something hour, like that. Respectable. Yeah. Is we how how close are we to the? The like max of an episode. The, what was the so longest one you said? The Carly? record is Carly with two hours flat. Wow. Let's beat her. Come on. All right. Oh, <laughs> <I don't> 
I mean, it's it's not the length of the podcast; it's how you use it. <laughs> it's the girth. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. This is a this is a very girthy podcast. Yeah, it's a wide podcast. You're gonna need to spread those words. Oh God, just, I, I, don't, I don't know what the hell I'm gonna do with this episode. <laughs> Other than so we'll literally, get, like, get put it for next time. What? <laughs> yes. How long does it take for you to be number one on Spotify? <laughs> It's going to be the premier helicopter animal killing into podcast on Spotify. <laughs> I, uh, I actually think I'm, what I'm going to do is um, buy some like really amazing speakers and just play this podcast on loop 24-7 <laughs> out, yeah, out my window. <laughs> get it for the people. They, they don't know because Maybe, they don't uh, know. Take, take the Mormon route. Like, have, have you heard the good word of Steinfeld? <laughs> That's something to Jesus. I'm looking down. What? That's what I saved my life. He can save you too. Look at the title talk. You and Michael Steinfeld brought my dog back to life with only one podcast. All right. I think it's time to end this. It's been a good podcast. It's been. <laughs> A podcast that's that's very girthy, but still long enough where it's not a choke. <laughs> it's a real hammer. Last minute hot takes. Um. Vote Eric uh, Joe Rogan is the female version of Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> I like that. Uh, listen to the last podcast on the left, and I hated it. Really? What? Really? I don't know. It was just a brief. It, I I didn't make it through all the episode. It was like a Christmas cannibal episode or something oh, like oh, that. Yeah. Some of them are very. Weird. I felt as though, at least in the brief amount that I listened to it, like twenty to thirty minutes, they I couldn't understand anything because they were all screaming over each other. The <laughs> that's, whole why, time. that's why. That's why it's good though. That, that's chaotic. It's so fucking chaotic. Right. And, and the actual episodes is a little less so, but understandable. Right? <laughs> understandable. Then again, that. that's probably what this is too. Most yes. Of the time. Um, all right. Well, uh, if if you listen to all of this, I thank you, and I hope we haven't done too much damage to your human to your state as a human being. Uh, yep. Thank you for listening. You know, I I appreciate each and every listen that I get. So. Thank you, Victor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. And, until next time. Thank you for listening. Wow. Fairly well. Catch you to say bye, Graham.